Hello, Xers and Interwebbers. Welcome to Naive in the 90s, the podcast. I'm your host, Emily. I was a 70s baby, an 80s kid, and a 90s teen. On today's episode, in celebration of my first six months of podcasting and my 46th birthday, we will be talking about aging and birthdays. And of course, the journey in general so far. Um, It may be fun, maybe boring, maybe a trash fire. (laughs) Let's just get into it and see what happens. But first, a quick reading from my book, Naive in the 90s, a creative nonfiction available on Amazon. May 4th, 1992, Monday. I'm 15 today and still treated like a baby. I'm going out with Jake for the second time. We may actually love each other. Well, I know I love him and I think it's the real thing. He's so sweet. He's really shy, but that's okay. I don't mind. Today is my B-Day and it sucks but I don't really care. In seven days, on May 11th, it'll be three months for me and Jake. I love him so much, but I have a problem. I still look at other guys. I must be like massive scum. For my birthday, he gave me a gold bracelet. It's beautiful. I love it and him. Well, gotta go. Love, Emily. P.S. I think maybe Jake and I are getting too serious about each other. I don't know. I mean, I love him, but we're only 15. What should I do? Help! Okay, so that passage, my 15th birthday, where I was being treated like a baby. (laughs) I mean, in retrospect, I was a baby. Like, at 15, you think you have it so figured out, but my gosh, no, 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 no. Maybe a few things, absolutely, but it, (laughs) no. I swear, even now, at the start of the end of my 40s, I realize, even though I know so much more now than I did then, it still isn't nearly a fraction of all of whatever it is. I look Back at 20 years, 10 years, even five years, hell, even last year, like my perspective, the just knowledge, lessons, so much change. All of it is huge. We change so much with experience, but, um, yeah, so sorry, I'm, I'm tangenting a little bit here, but yeah, the passage and my 15th birthday. I was so annoyed in that very first entry of the book because I was supposed to go and hang out with my best friend Kim and we were going to go meet up with people, including my, at the time, boyfriend Jake. And my mom, she just, she didn't let me go, which in hindsight, I feel so bad about feeling mad about Um, like my parents just wanted to celebrate my birthday and, you know, my grandma was there and like, but I don't know, I was just pouty and sullen the whole time. Like I remember very not being happy. Like, don't get me wrong. Most 15 year olds would of course want to be with their friends and boyfriend. Like, absolutely. But I definitely get my mom's side too. Like now 
I mean, in of course, in retrospect, my grandma's over and my mom had made food and cake. They had all gotten me presents and I just wanted to be with other people. As a parent, yeah, that time when your kid is no longer that little child that loves being with you, just loves home, it's rough. So I can empathize with her for saying no. But also, I do remember being like, we could eat, do cake, and visit, and I could still go out after. And it was a firm, firm no. Like, a very firm, annoyed <laughs> no. Which I thought was completely unfair, to be honest. So, I don't know. And another super funny thing that I noticed about this entry, I have literally hated gold colored jewelry forever. I've always preferred silver tones. So the fact that I'm all gushing over a gold gift that I actually don't even remember, like, I mean, like, I don't remember it at all. It's just, it's funny to me. Like, clearly this kid did not know me at all. Although it wasn't even like a point of getting to know me. He just had to like use his eyeballs and <laughs> look like all of the silver jewelry like for real it's funnier the more i think about it because like i had 13 earrings at the time all silver um i wore a large slave bracelet like every single day and it was turquoise and silver <laughs> like um a choker what was on it silver peace sign um i also had a long chain with multiple charms and a locket on it all silver <laughs> like it's just so funny looking at it from such a removed perspective like sis he just isn't that into you and like he really really wasn't into me like at all <laughs> so but I get it I mean I was very innocent and naive and I know he wanted more physically which at the time I was very very scared of like all of the things were petrifying like even like I don't know any of it the kissing the touching just all of it I was just just very very slow <laughs> when it came to that so yeah um but yeah that fear and that whole everything that definitely would change in the following years so yeah I don't know if I should laugh or sigh at that so yeah <laughs> It really is just, it's so weird to think of how much has changed since I turned 15. Um, what was so important then versus what is important now. Um, at that age, everything seems so big and like it will last forever. And as we age, we end up realizing that most of what bothers us really is not that significant when it comes to the actual scope of life. But then, of course, there are things that happen in those formative years that do end up taking root and helping to shape who we ultimately become. Life, just like growing up, is so complicated. Well, somehow being so very, very basic and simple, it's just ah, so much fun. Yeah, so I was a baby of the 70s. I was born in 1977 and I turned three in 1980. And then I turned 13 in 1990, um, meaning I was a total 
80s kid and literally a 90s teen. Um, yeah, so birthdays back in the day in the 80s and 90s were totally different than it is nowadays. In elementary school, classmate birthdays were always the highlight of any school day. The feeling when you knew that the math lesson was going to be cut short because Johnny brought in homemade cupcakes and Kool-Aid to share with everyone was only rivaled by being the birthday kid. The anticipation of your birthday when you're young is already big, but knowing you're going to help your mom make your favorite cupcakes and have your favorite frosting and favorite colors or theme represented by the frosting or, you know, those weird, hard, flat sugar shapes. Um, they were like shapes or letters or characters or those very cool and totally not dangerous at all. Those hard plastic toothpicks. They were 3D or flat. There was both. Um, but they had various shapes, toys, trinkets, characters on top of them. Um, I specifically, this isn't birthday, but I specifically remember like 3D round pumpkins. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and um, But yeah, so of course there were the sprinkles and there were the regular ones, the colored sugar ones that were kind of glittery. Um, and the flat ones, the silver little balls that were just like super hard, 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 and like would break your teeth. There were like so many options. The best cupcakes though were always when my mom would do the cupcakes in the multicolored wafer cones. They were so good. Like I know the colors didn't change the flavor, but I swear the purple ones were my favorite and they tasted the best. But yeah, so you'd help your mom and then try to sleep that night. But it would be so exciting that it would be hard. The next morning somehow would come way too slow and fast all at the same time. More than likely, you'd have your favorite outfit all ready and waiting. Once you get your morning over and you get to school, you know it's going to be a great day. Whether from the minute you step on your bus or even got to your bus stop or got out of your parents' car or just walked up to the property, as soon as eyes landed on that foil-topped box that you were precariously carrying, everyone knew cupcakes were coming and the electricity in the air changed. Walking into class with your friends and classmates asking what kind of cupcakes you had, if they could have a sneak peek, or if they could have two, all sprinkled in with happy birthdays and smiles. Oh, it was just, it was amazing. <laughs> um, in the early years of elementary school, we would get paper crowns adorned with stickers and marker smiley faces. One year, the stickers were all scratch and sniff. It was the best ever. Like, I specifically remember there was a chocolate one and a bubblegum one on there. And, like, I can still see and smell them. It was just, oh, it was amazing. <laughs> and then, sometimes, the lunch lady would give you a free ice cream for your birthday. The choices were usually those hoodsy cups that came with like the little wooden spoon that like how did we not all get slivers in our tongue but you know um and then like the strawberry shortcakes or the eclairs and fudgesicles and of course creamsicles. Mm, those are so good. I've had one in ages but I 
remember they tasted good. <laughs> um, I can't say which I chose because all of those were my favorite at one time or another throughout elementary school. Like frozen desserts, like mass frozen desserts were huge back then. I, I don't know if they are now because I'm not in school and my kids are grown up. But um, back then they were like huge. There were the single stick popsicles, double stick popsicles, which you could break in half and then share with a friend and you both could have different different flavors. It was it was awesome. And then there were the handmade ones from those Tupperware molds or in an ice tray that we made because some weird orange cartoon guy thing <laughs> told us to freeze our juice and that that would help us be healthy. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but there were also push pops and, you know, those different colored tall popsicle liquid long ones that you'd put in the freezer and then you'd cut the tops and like no one could ever agree on what they're called. But if you weren't careful, you could slice the corners of your mouth. <laughs> but for some reason, we all loved them so much. And just, oh, yeah. So um, the green and the purple ones, though. Yum, yum, yum. Um, once the time finally came for you to pass out your awesome cupcakes, it felt just so exhilarating. We were always allowed to have a helper who was usually one of our friends that we got to choose that would hold our cupcake box and walk around with us as we went to each desk and gave them all out. Um, sometimes, most times, we'd have special ones for our friends. This could mean extra sprinkles or just the right color wrapper or whatever. Of course, there was a cupcake for the teacher and for the paraprofessional or aide if your class had one. And then a lot of times you'd have a few extras for special faculty in the school, which of course you would get to deliver as well. It was awesome. Like definitely deep core smiley memories. I did always feel bad for those kids who had birthdays that were during the summer though. Some teachers were super cool and would have special days designated for those kids, but Definitely not always. Those teachers were few and far between. And like, what a bummer. Um, sadly, our oldest ended up being a summer baby. So I do know it absolutely affects not just the school celebration experience, but coordinating so certain friends are on vacation is a thing that is not enjoyable. Like, summer birthdays seem like they'd be cool, but they aren't. <laughs> um, but yeah, school birthdays in elementary school in the 80s were awesome. Like, I really, I feel bad for kids nowadays because they don't, they don't get to do that. They don't get to bring in their favorite treats and, you know, do all the celebrating. And that's, that's sad. It's super, super, super sad because it was a lot of fun. Of course, birthday parties back in the day were lots of fun, too. They were a blast. Now, the thing about kid parties in the 80s, um, a birthday didn't necessarily mean there was going to be a party. Like, it was as normal to not have a party as it was to have a party. Like, no one was like, oh, Johnny's not having a party for his birthday? Oh, no. Like, that that wasn't a thing. But if Johnny handed out invitations, that was cool, too. As with everything I talk about, I'm sure this experience and what I'm talking about is regional, and I only speak of my 
particular experience and that of the community which I grew up in. And if you have listened to the first couple episodes or um, read the book, then you would know that where I grew up was a very traditional white New England suburb um, around the country and even in my own state. And of course, the world experiences and all this, it they're going to be different. So um, just just keep that in mind when I say, you know, like, oh, parties in the 80s or this happened in the 90s. Um, I'm literally just speaking from my perspective. Yeah, um, birthday parties definitely happened, but definitely they were different. It was sometimes just a couple close friends and sometimes it was your entire class or even the entire grade. But it was usually just us running around a house or a yard and eating lots of candy, chips, um, having some unnatural colored drink, and maybe some group games. But even then, like, group games weren't really that big. Like, maybe there was, like, pin the tail on the donkey, <laughs> you know? Like, um, but I actually can't really think of any more than just pin the tail on the donkey. Oh, maybe a pinata every once in a while, <laughs> but there weren't even like bouncy houses. Like I can't remember any party growing up where someone had a bouncy house, which is a bummer because that would have been really fun. And I kind of wish I had one now, but yeah. So, um, when people didn't want to have all these kids running around their house or they didn't have the room or they just wanted to be fancy. I, I, don't, I don't think I can say fancy when I'm talking about Chuck E. Cheese or McDonald's. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, some people would not have the parties at their house. They would have them at McDonald's or Chuck E. Cheese. And those were always so much fun too. Like just pure chaos. But yeah. In my family, we weren't really a big friend's birthday party family. I think it was like we got to bring cupcakes to school and celebrate with our friends there. And so our birthdays were usually, you know, just our immediate family. Um, my parents and my two younger brothers would be there. And then usually my grandparents and then my gram after my pops passed in fifth grade. And then of course there were various aunts, uncles, and cousins, and occasionally one or two of our friends. No, I may have had a pure birthday party as a small kid, but I don't remember it. And I really, really don't think so. Um, especially because I do remember that there was promise of being able to have a big party for my 10th birthday. Um, so I, I don't think I had a big one before that. Um, but also I didn't have that one either because, alas, I got in trouble for something I can't remember. And my 10th birthday, um, not just the party, my birthday was canceled. So, you know, but I did have a kick-ass sleepover for my 13th, though. And, like, it was so, so much fun. We, like, froze bras, did seances. People were sleeping on pizzas. Like, it was... It was so much fun. I think that was like the last me-centric or based like party type thing, except for maybe my 18th. Um, it wasn't a party, but I do have to bring up Rose really quick. At this time, I was 
already very much a mess by then. I had estranged myself from my entire family and from most of my friends. Anne and Rose were really the only ones I still saw. And the group we were hanging out with definitely cared more about partying in the sense of drugs and drinking than celebrating birthdays. And if I'm being honest, birthdays were just an excuse to party harder. But Rose being Rose did her best to make it extremely special. I think part of it had to do with the fact that I was estranged from my entire family. Um, I feel like she just, she wanted to make it special because she loved me, but also to make up for the fact that my family didn't even contact me or anything. Um... But yeah, so that would have been May of 1995. We were both working at Dunkin' Donuts. Now it's just called Dunkin'. Um, we actually used to call it D&D at the time, like all of us. Um, kind of like, you want to go to D&D or I'm working at D&D tonight. It was actually written that way in my book, but I changed it to Dunkin' Donuts to avoid confusion with Dungeons and Dragons, which although I'm sure was around, just wasn't a prominent thing in our town. So it was never a point of confusion. And, you know, since it's gotten so D&D, like Dungeons and Dragons has gotten so big. Thank you, Stranger Things. Um, but also, I didn't know if anyone outside of us at that time in the world would even know what D&D was like for us being Dunkin' Donuts. So, but yeah, we both worked at Dunkin' at the time, which also had a small pizza hut in it at Baskin Robbins. Um, like we wore Dunkin' Donuts outfits, but also made pizza and scooped ice cream. And Rose was the cake decorator, as well as the unofficial assistant manager person. <laughs> she was kind of like Dwight Schrute. She was basically the assistant to the manager, but not the assistant manager. So she she literally did it all. But for my 18th birthday, the one and actually only thing that I can even remember about that day was Rose made me the most amazing Baskin Robbins cake. Back then, I don't know if they still do this, but the base of their ice cream cakes were actual cake. It was this super rich chocolatey cake. It was, oh, we actually used to just buy the plain cake base and eat the bag out of them. Um, but yeah, so she took the cakes and ice cream and sculpted this huge, elaborate, and beautiful storybook. I I'm a huge reader, so was right on point. And it was decorated with purple flowers and greenery she had made out of frosting. And then on one side, she had Winnie the Pooh figurines because we both loved Winnie the Pooh, specifically Eeyore and Tigger. Um, they were us at the time. Like we just, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then on the other side of the page, she had Belle and Beast figurines, which was my favorite Disney movie at the time. Um, it was so freaking gorgeous. Like, I can't even tell you. I wish there were pictures of it, but there isn't. And it's upsetting because I loved it so much. And she was so proud and rightly so because she put so much thought and time into it. And she made it with mint chocolate chip ice cream, which was my favorite, like, mm, especially with that chocolate cake base like 
<laughs> it was so good. Of course, my jerk boyfriend and his friends complained about the mint chocolate chip ice cream choice, which I do also remember Rose getting heated about, because as she said, it doesn't matter what you like, it's Emily's birthday. It's for her. And that whole thing just it just really stuck with me through the years, like her defending my ice cream choice and her putting so much work and personalizing that cake so much. It just, oh, my heart. And like, still, still to this day, and probably always will be my favorite birthday cake, like ever by a landslide. Cause it was just, it was so beautiful. And Rose, she's just, she's so beautiful. So I figured for this episode, I would talk about um, how birthdays weren't in the past, but also how it is to be aging. Um, birthdays are weird. They seem like they should be cool and fun even, but do you realize how many people actually dread their birthday every year? And for so many reasons. When you're young, celebrating getting older is exciting because most of us wanted to be grown-ups. So, um, jokes on us, huh? <laughs> like, oof. Um, but I think as we get older, birthdays are totally different. Now, this topic has gone through a lot of metamorphosis while I've been thinking about it, and I've been thinking about it for quite some time. First, I thought about aging as a woman and the challenges that we face from so many fronts, like societal, where beauty standards and expectations are just preposterous. Yes, there are a few magical beings that hit the genetic slot machine jackpot, but so much of what we are and have been force-fed as the goals aesthetically is just outlandish and has done generations of damage. And of course, aging as a woman is hard, um, not just because of that exterior visual pressure to look good, but also because we are changing physically inside and out. And it is just so hard to recognize yourself body-wise, face-wise, and even mentally sometimes. Brain fog is like a for real thing. Um, yeah, but Aging isn't just hard on women, so though we definitely have more hormonal changes to contend with, but I mean, if we're being honest, that is true lifelong. Like, women's hormones are stupid. We have fluxes that affect us on so many levels, not just monthly or with stress or pregnancy or birth or really any type of body change or trauma, but we also have larger, more substantial changes that in the weakest terms, like I can think of, and is like all these extra puberties, like that's, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but like we have these shifts from childhood to teenagers, but which is, you know, perfectly normal. But then women actually have these substantial fluxes every 10 to 15 to 20 years. Like, okay, so you get your period around like 12, 13, um, give or take a few years there. And then mid-20s, you know, a, a lot of women start having different PMS and period symptoms. And that is when a lot of women are actually diagnosed with stuff like 
endometriosis. And then the mid-30s come and you have another flux. And this is where tons of women find out that they actually have fibroids or cysts. Um, Lily and I both actually had hysterectomies at like 36, I think it was. And um, I run an online support group for women who have had hysterectomies and have other um, female issues. And the numbers are staggering. And it's all due to hormone fluxes. And then after that, there's perimenopause and then menopause. Like what? Why? Bad plan. Bad design. But yes, so from aging as women, I started to think maybe the topic should be about aging gracefully or maybe fighting the process, which I find so interesting in general. I get that aging is hard. Um, You know, like I already said before, that changing in so many ways, including physically, is rough because it is to a point because let's be real. It happens and it has been happening, like we will all continue to age and change in all of the ways until we are no longer on this earth. It is just the process. So it seems weird on one hand to be fighting it so vehemently when it's going to happen regardless. But it's also like these pesky beauty standards again, right? Because without those insane pressures to look flawless and amazing at all times, forever, Would so many people still be fighting it? Like, I mean, yes, I'm sure plenty of people would be, but I don't think nearly as many, but I don't know. I really do love that Justine Bateman, an OG Gen Xer born in 1966, has been really like, what the hell is everyone's problem with with my aging? Like, this is my face. <laughs> and she basically told everyone that they could screw off. And I love that. I hope that that's going to be like the new and leading attitude going forth because we we really need that. And I'm going to be completely transparent here. Sometimes I do actually wonder about a little Botox and not so much for aging, but maybe just a tad between the eyebrows would make a world of difference for the almost full time WTF face that just is on all the time. Like, cause I notice I'm always furrowing my brow, like just all the time and it's because I'm overthinking things. I'm like annoyed or confused by someone or actions or the world and I just I'm I'm always it's just always that face like hmm. <laughs> now please don't get me wrong. I know people who have gotten things done. Things tucked, lifted, plumped, and whatever. And that is great for them. If that's what makes them feel good, then that's super cool. There was actually a time when all I wanted was extensive plastic surgery. Like, I don't know. I think it was like in my 20s. There was this dumb show. It was called The Swan. And they would take people that were just normal looking people. They weren't even like ugly they were just normal people and they would take them and like do all of the plastic surgery and the whole entire makeover and I was like ooh goals one of these days I'm gonna get on there and I'm gonna fix all of the flaws but you know that was short-lived thank goodness um because not anymore 
I have done a lot of inner work to be okay with the hand I've been dealt. So, you know, um, sometimes though, I, I, I still do wonder. And then from arguing with myself about the fact that yes, for the most like majority, most part, I really do feel the same way as Justine Bateman, but that I cannot deny that I do cringe every time I look in the mirror and I see another weird thick white strand of hair has appeared on my head, or that I have wrinkles forming around my eyes. Although I do like to remind myself, those are laugh and smile lines, and if anything, I should be grateful for them, even if they make putting on my makeup a little more challenging, or that I've noticed my body is different. Maybe not a huge drastic ways, but I notice things, and I bet others notice this and that from time to time too. But again, here is where the aging topic idea takes another turn. Here is where I remind myself that yes, I am aging. No, I am not pristine. No, I am not an Instagram model or even someone I like to look at. And if you read the book or have read any of my book, um, you know how much I've struggled with image and self-acceptance. And like in the wrap-up letter to myself, I say I don't hate my body anymore. I don't pick myself apart anymore. And that is true. But in all honesty, 100% the difference is like night and day. But sometimes those dark thoughts still like to like let it be known that they're still there. And that is a struggle I will probably have for the entirety of my life. But instead of sitting with those thoughts now, I quickly try to dismiss them and then verbally thank my body. Like literally say thank you for sustaining me, for carrying me, for enduring all of the pain and abuse that it has been put through. Like for so much from so many avenues, from actual physical abuse, mental, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, from outside sources to the abuse I have inflicted over the decades to myself, both physically and mentally. I have been so horrible to this me suit that is carrying me around, like the things I've done and said to myself, I would never do to my worst enemy, like the person that I hate the most in this world, I would never, ever talk to them the way I talk to myself. Sure, I've been through a lot in life, but the worst enemy, the biggest culprit, was always coming from inside the house. It's me, to quote Taylor Swift, which I never thought I would. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Um, so now knowing all of this, I go out of my way to be thankful. Of course, thankful for everything in general is a fantastic way to be, but I am so thankful for this aging body. She is a warrior that carries a lot of battle scars, but she keeps going. But I don't, I don't know. Life is strange, aging is weird, and being human is mind-blowing. I mean, I guess when it comes down to it, what really needs to happen is we all just need to be 
you know, more compassionate with ourselves and with others and how we judge ourselves and judge others. Like, cut yourself some slack and cut everyone else some slack because, you know, we're, we're all just trying to survive at this point. Okay, so I think that's going to be about it for today. Um, which, if you are listening to this today, when it is released, it is May 4th, 2023. So happy Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm, I'm such a dork. <laughs> but you know what is kind of cool? My whole life growing up, and even as a young adult, I used to always look for something that was special about my birthday. Maybe because I've always had kind of low-key birthdays myself, um, but I would look in the paper for printed birthday messages, hoping I'd see someone, um, or, you know, maybe on the off chance that someone would send me a message. They they never did. <laughs> um, but then I would also watch Entertainment Tonight and the Today Show and Good Morning America and the local news and like stuff like that um, for birthday announcements for local people, but mostly for famous people. I don't know. I, I, I thought it would like weirdly give me some connection to them or something like, but I don't know. It was always the same people like Audrey Hepburn, which is super cool. Randy Travis, who, I mean, I guess if you like country is cool. And Lance Bass. <laughs> so, I mean, that, I guess, kind of cool. That was our daughter's, like, first super, super, super crush was Lance Bass. So, <laughs> you know, cool. <laughs> I would even... um on my birthday or in history books if I was around them whenever I would look up um my birthday and like those dates and history things to see if anything cool had ever happened on the same day uh now I realize it was probably some of that like neuro spiciness poking its head out but yeah so you can only imagine like how stoked I was like when May 4th became Star Wars Day, I'm a geek and I loved the original trio. And don't don't get me started on the newer stuff. Like ugh, I ugh, I I really don't care about any of it except I thought that Revenge of the Sith was awesome just for the depth of character that was added um for not only Darth Vader but so much for Obi-Wan. Like I just it was awesome. Yeah, that, that was awesome. And of course, the holy grail of the entire franchise. I mean, any surprise, but Baby Yoda. Like, come on. Like, literally him. The Mandalorian, the show, is super cool. I love Pedro, of course. Um, but in all transparency, I'd literally watch a show of Grogu doing anything in any setting. Like, anything if there was like a truman 20 truman show like 24 hour channel with grogu just hanging out doing life things i would 100 percent just watch the bag out of it <laughs> like 
anything. I love him so much. He's so cute. Oh, those ears and the little chin. Like, come on. But yeah, so Star Wars Day. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And on that note, I think it's time to stop this babble fest. And I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today for Naive in the 90s, the podcast. I hope you come back in two weeks for a new episode. I have something really, really fun planned. So as long as it all goes without any snags, um, just just come back. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> um, make sure to follow so you don't miss it. And please consider leaving a rating or a review if you enjoy the show. For questions, comments, feedback, or contributions to the conversation, send me a message at naiveinthe90s at gmail.com or connect with me on social media with the handle at naive in the 90s find me on twitter instagram facebook tiktok and on youtube and of course don't forget to grab your copy of naive in the 90s the creative nonfiction book based on real life diaries from the early and mid 90s follow along as a high schooler tries to navigate life friends relationships and of course the raddest era ever comparable to go ask alice with one huge difference naive in the 90s is 100 real and if you have read and enjoyed the book, please make sure to leave a review. Each and everyone truly helps. Thank you again for joining. Hope to see you next time. Peace and love, my dudes.